This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Giovanni Lago's interview with the supervising sound editor and designers for the creator... Ethan Van Der Rijn, and Eric Adahal, and the production sound mixer, Ian Voigt. What's heaven? It's a peaceful place in the sky. Are you going to heaven? No. Why not? You gotta be a good person to go to heaven. Ten years ago today, the artificial intelligence created to protect us detonated a nuclear warhead in Los Angeles. Hello everyone, this is the Next Best Picture Podcast. I'm Giovanni Lago, and today I am joined by the sound team of The Creator. So specifically, I have Eric Adel, uh, supervising sound editor, sound designer. I have Ethan Vanderen, also supervising sound editor and sound designer, and also Ian Voigt, production sound mixer. Uh, thank you all for joining. Yeah, good to be here. Good to be here. First, I just have to say congratulations on the recognition by the Academy. Um, I think it's incredibly well-deserved work. I just how are how are you guys feeling right now? What what's the mood in the air right now? Um, well, I'm feeling jazzed. I mean, it, the the nomination was kind of like a, a surprise. Um, you know, there, there's so many films out there with giant campaigns and. Uh, you know, uh, so it, it was a, a lovely surprise to be nominated. And now, of course, we've been in this sort of limbo period before the actual awards, <laughs> which which is a unique experience, too. But uh, but yeah, very, very fun. Yeah, we're all, I think we're all very excited. Uh, for me, certainly, being the first nomination for an Oscar, which is very, you know, I'm very proud of the work and I'm very proud of the guys behind this whole project, which is, you know, they, I couldn't have asked for a better bunch of people, I must say. Awesome. We're talking about The Creator. Very expansive, large science fiction film. How early in the process did you all become involved? Was uh, it very much so in like post, like Gareth Edwards talked to you all, or did he bring you on very early and to try to get an idea of what the sound of the film will be? Yeah, we actually... Um... We actually first started talking to Gareth about, um, about the movie about six years ago. And he, you know, he talked about how he wanted to do this movie in a totally new way. And then he ended up taking a scouting trip to S Southeast Asia and he was shooting, he was shooting images himself. And then he brought the images back and he, 
he cut the footage together into sort of a proof of concept piece. And then he gave he gave it to ILM to basically start applying the sci-fi elements to the images that he has shot, you know, in all these real locations with real people. And he also gave it to us to do a pass on the sound. And that was at least five years ago. Do you know exactly, Eric? Maybe not how quite, long ago that was. Maybe not quite five years ago, but it was uh, it was uh, maybe a year before production had started. So uh, yeah, so that was basically our introduction to to what Gareth had in mind, and um, we were kind of blown away, really, especially when we saw the whole concept, which had never really been done before of basically applying the visual effects um, afterwards to, to, you know, to all these real footage, all these real images shot in real locations. Um, this, this sort of guerrilla style of, um, of filming, you know, a, a high concept, uh, big sci-fi movie was something brand, brand new. And we were just kind of blown away when we, when we saw it put together and, you know, a hundred percent in from the moment, you know, we saw that and he used that piece to go out and basically get the funding and the green light to, to shoot the movie. That's incredible. Especially, you know, compared to a lot of productions that are being made now, you have all these blockbusters getting like make $200 million plus, you know, they have a bit of leeway in terms of all these departments I mean, the creator was around what, like eighty million dollars, and it, it looks immaculate. It sounds that immaculate. With with those budgetary restrictions, did you feel a, a sense of pressure when it came to delivering in the the immersion of the sound, or was it just that your talkings with with Gareth felt that everything was already pre planned? You had already sense when you came in that you guys were just able to go straight into it. Ian, you should start um, uh, with with the production side of that. Um, yeah, um, I got a phone call a couple of years, well, 2022 late, um, from Gareth to set up a meeting with him and I met him and he explained how he wanted to shoot this and it was all going to be shot on very lightweight cameras, DSLR cameras, which are prosumer cameras, which had no syncing ability, no time code and, uh, basically explained that that's the way he wanted to shoot this with a very small crew and we were to go to, to shoot primarily in Thailand for the bulk of the film. And further to that, he explained that actors were on board, that we were all going to be a very small, fast-moving, interactive unit. And so from that moment on, I realized it was going to be something unique. And it turned out to be so. I mean, we finally we managed to get all the technical problems sorted out, which was very useful because... Gareth doesn't like using sticks, slates, or anything like that. And basically, I devised a package that enabled me to, to basically keep up with him because Gareth operated the camera all the time anyway, So, which is amazing when you consider he wrote, produced, and directed the film, which is like unheard of as far as I'm concerned. I've never seen anyone like... I think Michael Bay sometimes operates the camera when on, on his films, but... So it was a unique experience, and it was grueling but fun, I have to say. 
continue on, you know, speaking about Gareth, it, it's funny you mentioned Michael Bay. I think there's a great director who really wants to immerse their audience, you know, cares about making something with scale and sound contributes so much to that. You know, Michael Bay, uh, Gareth Edwards, like Adele Villeneuve, especially when you guys were in, in the middle post-production, you know, you're working on these sounds. Was Gareth very hands-on or was he just like, I trust you all. You guys are very competent and very excellent at your jobs. And he gave you leeway to really experiment and flow when it came when when creation of sounds for this movie and, and the mixing of it I, I would say gareth um did both things uh he gave gave us a lot of uh leeway um creative freedom but was also very very engaged for uh about a year in in the post-production of the sound uh coming in here you know all the time every week to to go through things and see what we've come up with and then discuss it and keep refining it. He's one of those directors that really truly embraces sound as half of the cinematic experience. And for this universe that he created um, for the creator, sound is just such a critical sort of element of, of creating that reality and that believability from sort of the sounds of nature from these, you know, very real locations we, we recorded in, uh, Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam, Laos, uh, and applied those sort of natural, you know, nature sounds, lived-in reality sounds to the picture. And then uh, on the other end of the spectrum, um, completely constructed sound design of this futuristic world that um, Gareth described as, well, you know, in the future, not everything is the most future futuristic thing ever mm -hmm. you know there's there there might be the newest tech but then you might have more of the sony walkman version of robots for example <laughs> so there's a whole spectrum of technologies that we we had to invent and uh and play with and gareth was part of it the whole time he's super into sound and and one thing i love about the way he directs sound is he doesn't ask for you know, this this should sound like this movie or this moment from this other movie. His direction is very much more like uh, trying to evoke a feeling. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the direction for the Nomad um, weapon, which is this space station that shines these blue beams onto the train to uh, do targeting for missile strikes for AI bases, his direction for the sound of those beams was, well... It should sound like it would give you cancer if you put your hand in the <laughs> like an MRI. So like, exactly. So it's just like wonderful direction, like to you know, because that just opens our minds to all the possibilities of okay, how do you convey those sort of things sonically? Um, so super amazing to to work with Gareth um, in that way. Yeah, just thinking about Gareth's engagement, you know, another another thing that springs to mind immediately is, you know, he would come into the into the design room with us. And, you know, when when talking to us about how he wanted things to sound, oftentimes he would just make the sound himself. <laughs> um, and that, that is like so that's so perfect, um, you know. We were working on the the New Asia robot police, um, and he came in 
to check out what we were doing. And he's like, yeah, actually, I want him to sound like this. And he actually performed it. And it was so it was so perfect. We just recorded it right on the spot and started working with that. And that um, in the final film, that's really the sort of spine of of the language and the vocals for those characters. Wow. There's certain things I want to touch on that both of you mentioned. I'm glad you mentioned the the Nomad scanner because I I literally have my notes and that's like the one that comes to mind because it's got this vibration to it and it's controlled yet so violent. And I the rapidly changing frequencies is what stood out to me and it mm-hmm. just caught my mind. So that's excellent. And you mentioned the robots. So I, I do want to tie into the creation of the variations of robots because I, I think you know, Gareth Edwards, the way he implements sound also strengthens not just immersing an audience into the film, but the story. In this universe for the creator, you have these variations of robots, you know, um, the humanoid-esque robot, like Ken Watanabe's character. Um, you have the the bomber droids, which have these deeper tones and they're self-bombed. You have the ones that are in New Asia that have like the performance of they feel so human. They're chilling in the boats with the straw hats posted up. So I'm curious of how you used sound to give a lived in sense for these robots and in a way show their humanity through sound. Yeah, well, like you said, there's sort of this um, spectrum of robots in the movie from sort of the most rudimentary to the most advanced and Alfie being the most advanced version of AI robot in in the film. In that spectrum, on the most rudimentary side, uh, like for the bomb robots, for example, you know, they're kind of like these big tubby, heavy, they're, they're not... AI, but they're more like speak and spell. <laughs> so like for their for their voices, we used um uh kind of these uh retro analog techniques, like the the digital version of uh vocoders, which um was a sound that Gareth he couldn't really put his finger on exactly how to do it, but he could he told us, you know, in THX 1138, you know, there's this sound um, of some of the vocal treatments that has this interesting sort of like nostalgic sci-fi quality. And and that was those sort of sounds were done by Walter Murch using like, you know, 70s era analog vocoders. So we reproduced those digitally to create sort of those um, more synthetic processed vocals for, for the bomb robots. And of course, you know, they're, they're dangerous and they're heavy. And we kind of, as part of that sequence where they run out across the floating village bridge uh, to try to blow up Alfie, we used sort of sound as sort of the, like the Jaws theme. And it's the heaviness of the rhythm of their feet playing way in the distance. And you hear it coming and coming closer and closer and it gets deeper and deeper as they approach. And you know, sound uh, is a wonderful tool for sort of manipulating emotion too and creating sort of a sense of uh, dread and uh, imminent danger. But then when these two robots come together, there's almost a little a spiritual sort of moment uh, where the robot kneels in front of Alfie. She's got these sort of powers uh, over technology, and uh, and and when she touches uh, the head of the robot as it's kneeling, we kind of suck out all of the sounds of the battle and introduce her 
her sound of uh, which is the sound of her power and uh but instead of using synthetic things like we use for the more rudimentary robots for for that sound of power we used a a a recording we did of an aboriginal didgeridoo instrument which mm -hmm. um it's has has sort of almost a spiritual flavor to it and that's one of the things that i find so interesting about not just alfie's character but the whole movie is that it really asks these interesting questions about, you know, can AI be spiritual? You know, we see robot monks and Alfie is almost kind of a messiah in a way. So, you know, for the most advanced AI, we shied away from using sort of synthetic electronic sounds. We wanted to sort of make make them have an organic feeling um, because in, in a sense, Alfie becomes more human than many of the humans in the movie. And there's there's just something that to me that's so interesting and evocative about that. Wow, that's amazing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. One moment, you know, something about, like you've mentioned mood and evoking feeling. And I think when music is incorporated into film, like it can either make or break a scene, depending on what you're trying to evoke from the audience. Um, that being said, uh, the Radiohead needle drop, I have to mention, is like one of the coolest things in the movie, <laughs> especially a, a key little note. I love when McBride, as soon as he hits the, the dial, that's when it starts. So starting with Ian and then everyone. Um, We'd love to hear about what went on for like the discussion that uh, Gareth Edwards had for like, oh, I would like to use this song and mixing it into the film. And then just um, for a movie that's so loud with all these like explosions and guerrilla fighting sequences, uh, probably a more quieter moment. So, I mean, when we shot at some of those scenes with Matt Brown, we were, we were playing in all kinds of stuff just to get him in the mood. I mean, a lot of Jimi Hendrix went on there, a lot of Rolling Stones, which was, you know, great fun. but. But that was just to get, set the mood, to get them into it. But, uh, yeah, later, I obviously wasn't there, so. Yeah, you know, so in the post-process, that the Radiohead song, interestingly enough, actually went into the into the mix um, kind of late. For many months, um, we had a Rolling Stones um, song in there, which completely, um, I mean, it, it worked, but in some ways it didn't feel as as immersive uh and as unique as as the radiohead sound is and uh you know tom ozanich who was mixing music and dialogue on the movie um just did an amazing job of atmosizing that track and really turning it into something that pulls you into that into the into the world and and into the vibe of what Gareth was going for. So when that went into the movie, it completely changed the tone of that of that scene. And we shifted it from being a much more sort of aggressive, 
you know, rock and roll with the with the sound design pumping, we shifted it from that into something that's much more internal and poetic and and moody. Mm. So yeah, it it really shifted it in an interesting way. That's 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 interesting. I could imagine it with another song at all. Like that would just perfectly fit the scene and what you guys are trying to evoke. Speaking of sounds, you know, I could just talk about the tanks and all these these equipment that probably everyone's touched on. You know, it's it's I so I'm mainly curious, first off, what was it like finding a nice balance between these intense war sequences where bombs are going off? There's a variety of sounds and all that being mixed, and especially capturing that on and set compared to the more quieter cityscapes, you know, when it's like the bridge uh town and it's at nighttime, it's a bit quieter, or like cities, like establishing a lived inness in these different locations through the sound work. Yeah, I mean the the sound the, the, the I think Gareth's whole approach to this movie was letting sound create the realities um of these places whether whether you're in the middle of a battle or whether you're in the cities and experiencing there might be sounds that you don't even see on screen but sort of evoke create a sense of distance and and scale um that wouldn't have been possible if we had had wall-to-wall music across this movie um Hans Zimmer did did a gorgeous score Mm -hmm. but it's used very sparingly and what that allows is sort of space in the soundtrack to to really create a three-dimensional immersive reality uh, whether we're in the cities, whether we're in the jungles or the rice paddies, um, you know, the giving us that real estate to be able to establish that is kind of key to to creating that. And Gareth loves uh, doing big shifts, also like pulling the rug out sonically underneath the audience. So, so that's that's one kind of other sort of technique we use throughout the whole film is if we cut to a wide shot, suddenly we'll shift perspective or, you know, we might be uh, in the space shuttle when all the air is getting sucked out of it and, and the air is raging. And then we cut to a wide shot on the exterior and we just go into the vacuum of space and silence as little bodies float by. And Gareth just kind of gave us the, the, the freedom and the, space to kind of create all these moments um in the film that for me were, were really fun and very special and, and the the very first sequence that he sent us was the the tank battle which is in the okay. floating village and it was a 15 minute sequence it was basically ian's production tracks from from set from on location and with all of those crowds and different languages and zero temp music and Ethan and I did a pass on that whole sequence, and we thought it feels so real without music. And we thought, you know, typically we have to pitch, you know, like, okay, <laughs> please don't put music over all of this. Let's go for something sort of visceral and real, like, you know, the opening of Saving Private Ryan. There's 20 minutes of no music, and we have to really kind of like fight for those sort of moments. And we brought it up with Gareth, and he said, "Oh no, no, it that's intentional. I I've never intended to put any music in in this sequence. It's all going to be sound design, and uh, it's he he makes it easy to 
do something fun and special. And I, I think his his whole credo, and we've talked about this a lot, is that there's the tried and true thing, the thing that's been done before that you know it's going to work. It's the safe choice. And that's, you know, like every sequel is an example of that, right? Yeah. And then there's the dangerous thing, which is the thing that is out of the box that has not been done before. If you have a choice between these two things, always do the dangerous thing. Always take the risk. Like, always go for that. And that's what I love about the creator. It It is, it takes so many risks, but it's because of that that it's unique. And it's not a sequel. It's a totally unique, new, fresh mm -hmm. kind of universe that, that Gareth has made. That's amazing. Um, as we're starting to get close to the end, I'm just wind down with some questions I'm curious about. First, I, I think besides your film, 2023 as a whole, there are so many great films with uh, such great sound work. What are some films that you all saw last year that the sound work just mesmerized you or blew you away? Uh, I'll start with Ian and just real quickly. I have to say, uh, purely from the entertainment point of view, I I was actually blown away by Mission Impossible, which the yeah. mixer was my friend Chris Monroe. And, you know, the whole franchise that was absolutely incredible. I mean, the soundtrack is is pretty damn amazing. Mm -hmm. um, that was one of the highlights of sort of when I, when we were nominated, I watched all the films and they're all great films. Mm -hmm. They are all great films in their own right. Um, Zone of Interest. Oh, uh, amazing. It, it is spooky. But it is very disturbing. I find it I found that film particularly disturbing. Mm -hmm. um, but that's where we are. Where every film is unique in its own way. And I think whatever happens, I think we're all spoiled for choice. With the certainly in the in our nomination, mm -hmm. all the all five films are absolutely mind blown. Ethan, was there a film last year that stood out to mind of just? captured here. yeah well you know the first uh i want to agree with with ian on um on mission impossible because oh, uh i hadn't seen it until the bake-off um and i was i was blown away by the reel they put together you know the uh, um the eight minute reel they put together for the bake-off um and then i went and watched the movie and was was really enjoyed it um and then you know shout out to our re-recording um mixers on the creator tom mm -hmm. ozanich and gene zupanzik who also are nominated for maestro oh, and fantastic. i have to say i i love that movie i mean mm -hmm. you know it's mostly music but man is it ever like immersive and like um they did such an amazing mm -hmm. job taking that music and really mixing it in a way that you're just sucked into this world and and story in such a in such a beautiful um compelling immersive way so yeah big big shout out to them yeah yeah sorry i, I forgot to mention them brilliant film brilliant and yeah. napoleon there's another oh one. fantastic Please. work Fantastic work. Fantastic work. Yeah. I, I still think about uh, so many of the battle scenes with Napoleon or even the um, in Maestro, that cathedral sequence. I, every time I've seen it, it's just 
Unreal. Uh, Ethan, real uh, Eric, what about you real quick? Uh, what are your, some of your... Yeah, I, I 100% agree with um, Ian and Ethan's picks. And, uh, you know, once, you know, it, every year there's, you know, there's only five nominations for sound and so much good work, like often does not make it to those mm-hmm. five. And in the past, there there have been movies like District 9, which oh. I when i heard that movie i was like that should win best sound but it wasn't nominated you know and um and this year um you know one of one of my favorite films that uh, kind of uh, i i thought might make a bigger splash in sound was uh, bo is afraid oh um so good. which which was so out of the box and wacky and interesting and sonically just so expressive and uh you know so that <laughs> I, I give a shout out to that sound team um because uh, I, I thought it was incredible that's that's fantastic um also i agree with you i wish more people acknowledge we could talk longer i would love to pick your brains about you know just the different like maybe one day we get back to where we have the sound mixing and sound editing categories you know i think everyone should acknowledge but i'm just even glad that we're paying attention to such vital work. Thank you so much for being here. The creator um, has just some of the best work of last year. The nominations more than deserved. I hope you guys are enjoying this. Um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you, thank thank you. you very much. Guys, see you soon. See you. Bye. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Giovanni Lago's interview with the supervising sound editor and sound designers for the creator, Eric Adahal and Ethan Van Der Rijn, and the production sound mixer, Ian Voigt. All of them are nominated for the Oscar for Best Sound and are up for your consideration for this year's Academy Awards. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts to let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you all so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.